Thank you for joining us for the parenting program. My name is Angie Flynn. Hi, I'm reading from the parents' website. Chelsea's Handler's Child-Free by Choice rant is a reminder to stop judging. The comedian had words for people who judge her decision to skip motherhood, but that's the choice of so many people, and it's a completely valid choice. By Beth Ann Mayer, published on February 13, 2023. It's 2023. You would think we've moved beyond viewing women as baby vessels, but with last year's overturning Roe versus Wade, it probably doesn't come as a surprise that child-free women still face stigma. Comedian Chelsea Handler is one of those people who is child-free by choice because everyone should have that choice. When she recently guest-hosted an episode of The Daily Show, she had words for people who judge her decision and anyone else's decision to skip parenthood. In America and everywhere, motherhood is treated as a woman's central purpose in life, as if our destiny is to let a tiny stranger rip a hole through our Pikachu from the inside out, Handler said. Handler is no mom hater. I have infinite respect for moms, but motherhood is hard, she said. It's so hard, it even broke Maria Kondo. Tidying up was her life's work. Then she had kids and was like, Living in squalor is fun. For reference, while on book tour in January, Kondo admitted she's sort of keeping up on her, keeping her house tidy since having her third child. Handler wasn't done. It really shouldn't be surprising that women aren't signing up, but many people just aren't surprised, Handler went on. They're horrified. Childless moms are seen as unhappy, unfulfilled. Even the Pope has slammed us, saying that not having children is selfish. Listen, as a mother of two, I can tell you that my boys are the two biggest joys in my life. I love them, and I do consider motherhood my central purpose in life. And I hate the hot taking that kids ruin everything. They don't if you have the desire and make the choice to be a parent. But Handler is right. Being a mom is also the most challenging thing I've ever done. No thanks to a capitalistic society that doesn't value parenthood in the slightest, but oddly judges people for not wanting to dive into it. America is the only industrialized country without paid parental leave. Lawmakers couldn't even push out a measly four weeks of federal family leave across the finish line in 2021. Birthing people may still be in diapers at that point, still bleeding from birth. Don't even get me started on the cost of childcare and the pressures to work like you don't have kids and parents and like you don't have to work. And there, then there's the fact that we've endured a polarizing global pandemic that's still going on witnessed an insurrection play out in real time and have existential dread about climate change, all issues that affect our children as they grow. It's not surprising birth rates are declining and likely won't get much better. According to a recent poll from the Pew Research Center, nearly half of non-parents ages 18 to 49 
say it's not very or at all likely that they'll have kids. You know what? Even if none of the above weren't issues, it would still be a perfectly perfectly fine for someone not to want kids. In fact, people don't need a reason to skip parenthood, and they certainly don't need to explain their reasoning. It's their bodies and their lives. Parents hate being judged for their choices, from infant feeding to sleep training to how many kids they'll have and how far apart. We cannot have it both ways. To want to support our parenting choices, but to refuse to recognize the validity of someone else's, it can come up in little ways too. For example, those children are often told things like, children complete you, and parenthood is the greatest joy in life. No, children complete me, and parenthood is my greatest joy. Words matter. To be honest, sometimes the best words are none at all. There's a middle ground between you're not living a full life with kids and kids ruin everything. It's called mind your own business, especially if you have a platform as wide-reaching as I, I don't know, the Pope, with absolutely no due respect to His Holiness, who cannot birth a child and took a vow of celibacy. It's not selfish to forgo parenthood. If anything, it's selfless to buck societal pressure and recognize it's not for you. Kids deserve to be wanted and loved. If someone recognizes parenthood is not for them, that's a good thing. Six strategies parents use to manage the cost of child care. The skyrocketing cost of child care can strain a family's budget. These practical tips from working parents can help you navigate this financial burden by Michelle Black, updated December 12, 2022. The cost of child care can be difficult to manage for many families. According to the Center for American Progress, child care expenses in the United States average around $16,000 per year. That big financial obligation can put a big strain on the average family's budget. Even so, child care is an expense that many working parents have to figure out. In fact, Child Care Aware reports that more than 12 million children under the age of 5 require care, and that number may grow in the coming years. Because access to affordable child care is such a challenge, parents may need to find creative ways to cover the cost. Are you looking for strategies to make child care work for your family? Check out these six tips from working parents, which may give you some inspiration. 1. Make a plan. You've probably heard the famous quote, if you fail to plan, you are planning to fail. There's a lot of truth in the saying that parents can apply to practical financial matters such as budgeting for child care costs. Winnie Sun, managing partner of Sun Group Wealth Partners and mom of three, ages 8, 10, and 12, says the key to managing the cost of child care is brainstorming the right plan. Ask any parent and they will say that quality, dependable, dependable, dependable child care is essential, but the stress of finding someone to trust with your child is real, says Irvine, California-based financial advisor. Sun has her clients start by filling out a free budget worksheet from mybudgetworksheet.com. From there, parents can assess how much money they can afford to put toward childcare each month and then search for the best option in their price range. 
If you find that you have allocated what you have allocated isn't enough, says Sun, see if there are other ways to supplement and get the care you want. Talking to a financial advisor, a career coach, or other professional could help. Sun suggests joining online parent groups in your community and talking to neighbors. You can also consider signing up for a part-time child care environment, asking a family member for help, or sharing resources with other parents. The HR department for your company might offer benefits too. You may have your heart set on one option, says Sun, but know that one size doesn't fit all. Having a safe, caring, and financially comfortable childcare situation is key. Stay flexible, but do your research. Two, take advantage of state childcare assistance. Your state of residence might offer financial assistance that could help you cover a portion of your childcare expenses. There are 25 states with a de- dependent care tax credit that eligible eligible parents can claim on their tax return. 18 states, meanwhile, have an employer child care tax credit that incentives incentives employers to provide child care services for their employees. Megan Santiago, graduate student therapist in training and owner of Holistic Mama, uses state assistance to keep her family's child care bill as affordable as possible. Specifically, the Tampa based mom of two, ages one and five, relies on Florida Voluntary Pre-Kindergarten VPK program voucher to help cover the cost of her daughter's preschool. Santiago's family also pitches in to help out. Her mother-in-law watches her toddler two to three days a week so the family can keep costs down. Three, get creative with payment. When it comes to childcare services, choosing the right way to pay could lead to significant savings, says Lee Huffman, credit card expert at badthoughts.com and host of We Travel There podcast, shares how his family finds extra ways to save. We save money on childcare by contributing to a dependent care flexible spending account, which allows us to contribute on a pre-tax basis says the Nashville-based father of two. It has previously covered after-school and summertime care, as well as some day care. To enhance the savings potential, especially when his children were in full-time daycare, Huffman added another layer to his financial strategy. To save even more, we use a rewards card to pay the bill and earn cash back, airline miles, or hotel points. Then we submit receipts for reimbursement so that we can pay the balance to avoid interest charges. Four, don't forget the one-off expenses. Parents usually remember to add the cost of monthly reoccurring child fees into their budget. These costs are something you know ahead of time and expect to pay every month. Yet other child care expenses can sneak up on you if you're not careful. Kirsten Saunders, Atlanta-based writer and co-finder of Rich and Regular, is the mother of a four-year-old son. The financial educator encourages families to plan ahead for expenses such as backpacks, lunch boxes and school supplies, teacher gifts, and more. 
As you review your spending each month or quarter, says Saunders, make sure you're tagging any expenses related to childcare so you can have a more accurate picture of what your childcare is costing you on an annual basis. This way you can create a more reliable budget and plan for any upcoming expenses. Five, start your own business. The next approach may not work for everyone, but if you possess an entrepreneurial spirit and the idea of being your own boss appeals to you, you might consider taking a cue from Kathy Lee of Healdsburg, California. Lee, founder of Baby Boomer Super Saver, is the mother of an adult daughter. She tells a story of how she made childcare affordable for her family. When my daughter was a toddler, I started a licensed family child care business in my home. I even found a $5,000 startup grant to buy equipment, outside play structure, toys, and supplies for my child care business. Starting an in-home business gave Lee the ability to stay home with her daughter. The move eliminated child care costs and helped her create an income in one fell swoop. Lee ran the child care business out of her home for 10 years, and once she closed the business, she was able to resell all of her equipment and supplies to help recuperate some of the operating costs. 6. Look for other ways to save. You may not be able to reduce the cost of child care as much as you'd like. However, it might be possible to find ways to save so you can offset high child care fees. Sandy Young of Toronto, author of The Money Master and Mother of One, looks for ways to stretch funds in her budget wherever possible. This includes asking loved ones for hand-me-down baby gear and buying second-hand items when needed. Afterwards, when you no longer need your baby item, you can resell it on Facebook Marketplace to recoup the cost, says Young. You can sell used goods on other second-hand sites as well providing additional cash that you can put toward child care costs or something else. Young also suggests taking advantage of free educational programs for young children. These may be available at child care centers, public libraries, churches, or recreation centers. Search your local listings to see what year-round programs are being offered, says Young. This is a great way to keep your children entertained at little to no cost. Bottom line. There's no perfect approach to managing the high cost of child care, but with some planning, research, and creativity, you might be able to find a strategy that works for your family. Moms have decided not to have more kids because of the COVID-19 pandemic. Here's what experts say. The projected pandemic baby boom never materialized and a new survey indicates that birth rates may be may continue to decline. Experts share why the pandemic may have people rethinking pregnancy plans by Beth Ann Mayer published November 17, 2021. Back in March 2020, when we thought the pandemic was going to be like a snow day more than an ongoing crisis, there were plenty of jokes about a pending baby boom. The opposite has happened. According to CDC data, 3,605,201 babies were born in the U.S. last year, down 4% from 2019 and a second low. And new research indicates we may not see an uptick this year. 
One-third of people who were thinking about becoming pregnant before the pandemic but had not yet begun trying said they no longer considered it, according to a survey. 1,179 New York City mothers conducted by research at NYU Grossman School of Medicine. The woman already had at least one kid, age three or younger. COVID is a stress test, highlighting all kinds of weaknesses in our system, says Linda G. Kahn, PhD, MPH, an epidemiologist and the study's lead author. Dr. Kahn notes that many issues exacerbated by the pandemic existed long before 2020, particularly for underprivileged families. A recent New York Times report pointed out that on average, other wealthy countries contribute $14,000 annually to child care for toddlers. The U.S. contributes $500. The U.S. remains the only industrialized nation without paid family leave. Over the last year, the pandemic caused people to reckon with issues like child care in ways they may not have otherwise. There is a fundamental problem in our society that is making it more and more difficult for people to balance supporting themselves and being the kind of parents they want to be, and people are not willing to start a family that they are not willing to commit to, says Dr. Khan. It's too much to ask an individual to do that. Dr. Khan and her team did not ask mothers why they decided not to have more children. She and other experts have their theories. They discussed why people are delaying or foregoing pregnancy and what it might mean for the future. Why people are having fewer children. There's no perfect blueprint for starting or expanding a family, so it's not possible to list every reason why someone might decide to forego or delay pregnancy. But several common threads have emerged during the pandemic. Job loss. There's an old cliche that you can always make more money you can't put a price on kids. The take is well-meaning but privileged. First, not all people can conceive via intercourse. Couples who are same-sex or have fertility problems or someone who plans to raise a child themselves may opt for I- IVF. The process can cost $25,000 with medication. Research shows the average cost of giving birth in the United States ranges from about 8300 in Arkansas to almost $20,000 in New York. Insurance typically covers some or much of it if you have a plan. Once the baby is here, the bills continue to pile up. U.S. families spend an average of $8,355 per thousand dollars per child on child care each year according to a survey for bank rate conducted by YouGov. To afford reproductive assistance, birth and child care, a person needs income. For most that means holding down a job where they may also gain access to health insurance. In December 2019, women made up 50.04 percent of the workforce. But About two months later, that all drastically changed as COVID-19 began to ravage the U.S. economy, shutting down businesses, childcare centers, and schools. Ultimately, about 1.8 million women dropped out of the workforce because of the pandemic. Black women have been disproportionately hit. Even as the economy showed signs of recovery this spring, black women saw their unemployment rate go up slightly. 
Some may have been laid off, particularly jarring experience for a person who once held a reliable reliable job with access to employers, subsidized health insurance, and family leave. Having jobs taken away, says Dr. Khan, is making people realize that even if they thought they had it all together, they could lose it all in an instant and there's no safety net. Some of these decisions to leave jobs were voluntarily, voluntary and data indicates childcare issues may be partially to blame. A recent study by the Center for Global Development found that women worldwide put in three times more childcare responsibi- responsibilities than the men. We talk about families in the broadcast and most inclusive sense, but the bottom line is there is a gender difference, says Dr. Khan. When push comes to shove and someone has to stay home to take care of the kid, it is the woman because typically they have lower paying jobs than men. That is going to pull them out of the workforce. Burnout. The increased child care responsibilities and economic anxiety have led to emotional exhaustion. In May, Today, parents released a survey that found 83% of moms felt burned out by the pandemic by pandemic parenting. Moms have had to spend more time and energy caring for their young children with daycares being harder to come by or not being able to send their kids to school, says Sherry Botwin, LCSW, author of Thriving After Trauma, Stories of Living and Healing. The idea of not being able to go to work, fear of losing jobs, paying for services you can't utilize is stressful. And Botwin says a person may feel they do not have the emotional bandwidth to have a child. Loss of a village. More than 700,000 people have died in the U.S. alone from COVID-19. These people were parents, grandparents, aunts, uncles, and friends. And BIPOC individuals suffered at higher rates. Black, Latinx, and indigenous people were at least twice as likely to die of COVID-19 than white people. A lot of us have had family members pass from COVID who would have helped us out with the children, says Rachel Miller, MD, a North Carolina-based board certified OBGYN and founder of Pocket Bridges, LLC. Logistically, who is going to help you with your child? There could also be the feeling of, I don't have the support person. I don't know that I can do this on my own, says Dr. Miller. Existential existential crisis. The pandemic has created a perfect storm where people wondered if it was even moral to bring a child in the world right now. Existential crisis around having children aren't new. Recently, Dr. Khan says people have been concerned about bringing children into the world because of climate change. COVID is another existential problem, adds Dr. Khan. People think we're in this crazy world of potentially ongoing pandemics with strife, economic issues, and health hazards. Do I want to bring a child into this world? It's too messed up. That said, you can make the argument that something bad is always happening. The U.S. spent two decades fighting the war in Afghanistan and people had children during famines. But for some, COVID may feel different and more personal. For most of us, Those problems are at a distance and we can go on our merry way in this country. But this has impacted everyone in a way we haven't seen since World War II and the Great Depression, says Dr. Khan. Thank you for joining us for the parenting program. My name is Angie Flynn. 